And we are back 27 minutes after 11 o'clock. Our Miller Joy Coffee time. My pleasure to welcome back into the studio Richard Abear over at Abear's Garden Center. How are you, sir? Hey, Jim. I'd say good morning, but I'm not sure. What do you, you think? Know, it's miserable. <laughs> at least we're inside. Yeah. We're inside, and it's early February. So let, let it happen now, and it's going to be a beautiful March. We, and April. It could be in Dallas. God, yes. Man, they're having their issues. Uh, you would think, you know, Dallas is far enough north where you'd think they'd be more prepared for this kind of thing. You, you would think so. I, I guess I guess they just don't get it that often, you know. I, I don't know. But you're right. What a mess. I, I would think they have it often enough to at least be somewhat prepared. To, yeah. to, and and the, the size of that metro area, I I don't get it. I no, don't get it how I, they keep failing. I had a niece, who they still live in Dallas, and they were there for uh, the, the the previous ice storm, I don't know, three or four years ago. They didn't go to Cancun? Uh, well, they the problem is they weren't there. Ah. And guess what happened? Mm. They had they had water in the, uh, you know, water pipes in the attic. They froze, and they come home to a house just ruined. I mean, yeah, the yeah. walls. And so it's a it's a mess, I, I'm going to tell you. And, um yeah, so we can be thankful for that, can't we? Is that uh, we very seldom have those issues, and usually they're quickly solved. There you go. You uh, have brought with you, uh, I believe, seed packets. Yeah, seed packets. I'll uh, talk a little bit about the differentiation of different types of seeds and, and, and uh, kind of squash some, some uh, misrepresentations of certain seeds. But before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about lawns. Okay. And uh, so there's really not a lot to do right now, Jeff. I mean, as uh, we actually start first starting to get our first shipments of live plants, and this is mostly shrubs this week. And as time goes on, we'll start. So we're kind of in between seasons. And normally I say right now is a time to prepare. And that's true, but you really can't do that because it's just too wet. So, uh, but in the lawns, the, the big issue right now is, 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 is killing the seeds before they germinate. And once these, the temperatures were warm after that hard cold and things start to sprout, this shuts it down again. And so you still have time to do it. And it really saves you a lot of time and energy. Uh, and this is the big thing that is not done in the lawns as much as all the other things, such as the weed and feeds and all that, is to, is to prevent the weeds from coming up. And you can broadcast granules that are easy to do, or you can actually take liquids that you uh, hook to the water holes. And that's done to prevent a lot of the weeds, especially burrow weed, from coming up. We talked about that two or three weeks ago, and, uh, and you see you still have time, and that's one thing you can do, uh, um, e- even though it's not dry. And, and, you know, we've always mentioned you don't want to fertilize at this point, uh, even though some of the St. Augustine actually started to break dormancy after that hard cold because the temperatures were so moderate that it started to break the dormancy. And um, you don't want to really uh, push that because we can, as you can, as you can tell, we've gotten some cold weather and, and Jeff, we've got some extremely cold weather in the past in February and that still can happen. And uh, let's hope it doesn't, but you just don't want to do it. Even if it doesn't get freezing, promoting that tender vegetation in the lawns to grow promotes brown patch and other fungus problems that just gonna you're gonna do more harm than good. Gotcha. But anyway, so and in, other than that, you know, we talked uh, last week about pruning the roses. You still have time to do that. The fact that it's cool is actually good because uh, the plant's not sprouting as much. So you can go back and cut back your roses. It's a great time to do it. Get it done sooner than later, and it won't uh, you know inhibit the early 
performance of the plant, meaning that they'll bloom when they naturally want to bloom. You're just going to have a fuller, uh, denser plant that just looks better and won't get as woody and as leggy. So, and you can even do the knockouts and the, and the, and the shrub roses. If you're saying your knockouts and shrubs are just too tall, and we hear a lot of that. So, yeah, they just got – now you, you can cut a knockout and a, um, a, a, a drift rose 12 inches above the ground, 12 mm-hmm. inches. So this thing might be four or five feet tall right now. And you say, oh, my God, I'm going to cut it back, and I'm going to be nothing left but just a, some canes that are a foot tall. And, and it's really not a problem. Now, obviously, when you cut them back, you want to leave the, uh, the good-looking canes, meaning you can almost tell some of them are brown, some of them are weak, some of them are small. So pick some of your bigger canes, leave them there, and, and weed out or cut out uh, the smaller stuff and just let it let them sprout from there and then you fertilize it so that's one thing you can fertilize now is after you cut back your roses now's the time to go ahead and uh and hit them with a little fertilizer all right okay so talking about seeds uh you know i'm showing jeff on the uh, counter uh, a selection of different uh, uh different types of seeds and uh you know obviously a seed is a seed right you plant the seed and it grows um, I, I guess the 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 biggest uh, differentiation on seeds that people ask now is the difference between a hybridized and an organic seed. And we're going to talk about heirlooms, and we're going to talk about uh, GMOs and all that. But hybridized and uh, organic seeds are two of the biggest questions. And you know, a hybridized seed is one that has been crossed, and we talked about that. Uh, uh, a week or so ago, and it's been crossed with other ones. And they, the reason, the purpose of hybridization is to uh, is to usually, for the most part, to, and I'm talking about vegetable seeds now, I'm not talking about roses or anything like that, uh, is to increase production and to make a prettier, uh, prettier fruit or vegetable. Okay. Uh, you know, in today's society, you know, when you, you go shopping, you see a, uh, you know, a non-bruised, uh, pretty, perfectly round, non-indented tomato. You're going to be more inclined to pick that one up rather than one that maybe is, mm-hmm. is not as pretty. And so it is really important for growers to uh, have the, a, a pretty tomato. And, uh, and so and then, and then obviously production is 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 uh, is key. And. And, and, and look, I'm just kind of skimming over it, but you can, uh, you know, they actually hybridize for a plant that doesn't get it. The plant itself doesn't get as tall, stays much shorter and stockier, makes it easier for growers. They have greenhouse uh, uh, plants that actually will vine and they prune them and they're easier to produce in, in a greenhouse situation. So there's many reasons for doing it. But, you know, the basic function of hybridization especially initially was to to increase production and to allow for that uh, vegetable or fruit to look better to the consumer so that's the first thing so obviously if you're in a small garden situation production can be kind of critical because if you you know if you have only space for two or three tomatoes you want as much production as you can and 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 so that becomes uh, one of the things that you're going to take note of now, the benefit to the non-hybridized, and, um, and generally speaking, that would be called an heirloom, meaning that it's an, it's an old seed that has not been crossed, and the original seed, and those can go back uh, 
generations upon generations and and you know some of the seeds that we have go back to uh you know the 1700s and so so those haven't been crossed and i think the 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 biggest benefit to that type of seed is that the taste is usually much much better than the hybridization and you'd say you would think well man well how could that be you know and 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 i still question why why is that but they i guess they pay uh, particular attention to the looks of it and the production of it, and in that process, they lose a little bit of something and they lose a little bit of the taste. But production becomes so important that the premium taste becomes less of an advantage to the grower who's producing it for a living. And so they, it's kind of, uh, you know, obviously they don't taste bad, they just don't taste as good as the heirloom. And that's kind of the, the biggest reason many people or one of the reasons that many people want to grow the heirlooms. And it is true. They do. You can tell the difference, especially with a tomato, Jeff. You can tell the difference in taste. It's that much. The problem with with it is that if you are a small grower, and many people now grow in their backyard, and you have five tomato plants, production becomes important. And so so you will limit your production, and you will also – uh, limit of uh, you know they are also bred for resistance to certain diseases, uh, resistant to to certain insects. So there's a lot of reasons they're hybridized. So so g- generally speaking, the heirlooms in South Louisiana won't survive as long, won't produce as much, and so you're somewhat limited. So we always tell our customers, say, okay, you know, why you want to do the heirlooms? Well, the heirlooms taste good and all that, and say, okay, how many are you going to do? And if they say, well, we're just doing a couple, well, maybe try to grow one or two of the hybrids so that when the, uh, when the heirloom starts to head south on you, uh, uh, these will continue production. And uh, some people want to do that, some people don't. But at least you know, uh, you know the, the, uh, the difference. Gotcha. When it, then you get in a little confusion, too, when it comes to, uh, you know, organic versus hybridized or versus heirloom so the organics are just all are or something that in the production of the seed itself it was no chemicals no commercial fertilizers were used in the production of that seed and like i bought some seeds here jeff and this one is a red corn seed right i i thought for sure it was a coated seed it's coated. On the farm. That's okay. what it is. Okay. But it's, it's red. It's the color red. Yeah. And so it is coated with a with a chemical that will uh, increase the uh, germination of the seed. So this knocks it right out of the, the – even though this seed itself may have been organically grown, because it was treated with a commercial chemical, it is no longer an organic seed. So that throws it right out of the organics. Could it be an heirloom? Yes, but generally speaking, Jeff, they won't they won't uh, you know treat an heirloom seed and and sell it as an heirloom if it was treated. Gotcha. And uh, so this is a red corn seed that's treated, and uh, but, so but it is corn. It is seed. It is seed corn. Yeah. Okay. And so you will get other seeds like this one's red, and this one is a green seed, and this one is a cucumber seed. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, remember to treat a seed with a with a chemical to increase the percentage of germination. Uh, it costs the it costs the it costs in the production of the seed. 
So they're not going to put it on a seed that is generally uh, an organic or an heirloom because those are less expensive seeds. But they will put it on a seed that's more expensive. And, and for example, here, this is a dash of cucumber, which probably has about 25 seeds in it. Okay, and it's selling for $2.29. Why such a big bag? Oh, that's, that's how we do things. Okay. But anyway, and... <laughs> I mean, and, it, it, it's, the, the seed line's about a tenth of the bag. A tenth of the, the bottom, bag, you know. That's right. And, uh, but, but, the, but the reason they're treated is because the seed is more expensive. Because I can, I can show you another uh, uh, batch of seeds that are heirloom seeds that you're going to get four times the amount of seed for a dollar seventy, let's say. So you're going to get four times the seed for less money. So the reason they treat the seed is, generally speaking, is because the seed is more expensive, and so they want a higher germination rate. And, and so for, this, for these 20, 25 seeds, they want these seeds to sprout because they know the consumer is paying a higher premium for them, and these are hybridized seeds. Yeah. And so they will plant that, and you will get a better uh, germination percentage with one that is treated that is not. So if the seed, and, and so from a consumer standpoint, is if the seed does not have a color on it, some type of color, it could be red, it could be green, it could be blue, any color. If it doesn't have a color that's obviously not the color of the seed, okay, then it is treated. If it does not have that coloration, rest assured, it is not treated. So you don't need to worry about that. Has this tree, this seed been treated with any fertilizer or with any? Because the, basically the, the color is a dye. Mm-hmm. And years ago, and I remember my father telling me back in the 30s, someone stole a bunch of seed corn and they used it to eat. This before they treated it. And whatever was in it caused the family to go blind. Right. And this, I'm talking, this is back in the... Uh, uh, 1930s mm-hmm. and uh, from that point on the uh, USDA said you're gonna if you treat a seed it has to be color coded in some way so that people know you did something to that seed they may not know what it was but at least it will hesitate they actually were eating the seeds yeah they were cooking them oh you know they, they used to come in the seeds used to come in like 50 pound bags back in the day when people were everywhere was a so they would they would uh, they stole a bunch of the seed and they cooked it down and like they would, and it, and it, and that's what happened. And then from I'm, that, uh, cooking down seed. Well, yeah. Well, well, corn. You eat corn. So like kernels of corn. Kernels of corn. That's what this is. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that's what this is. Kernels of corn. Yeah. So uh, you're right. You don't eat you don't eat carrot seeds, but you eat peas and you eat corn. So yeah, it was corn that they were cooking down. Gotcha. And gotcha. Uh, and so that was the reason. So if it's not has a col- it doesn't have a coloration on it. Uh, it is not treated. So then the only question would be, is it an heirloom or is it not? And in most time, or is it an heirloom or is it organic or it is hybridized? So if it is, obviously, if it's labeled organic, you know it. If it's not, you don't know it. And, um, and some are and some aren't. The only way to know for sure is to, it has to be, say, organic. In the same way with heirloom, the only way to know for sure is to say it. However, if you found a, let's say, like in, in my store, we sell a certain variety of snap beans called Contender, okay? And if you go on the, on the heirloom packets, the little packets, it says it's an heirloom. The Contender is an heirloom in our pack because the variety, if you have a name variety, that is its name. It's true to itself. 
You cannot have a contender one, and you can't have another contender that does something different. It is totally different. Uh, and, and now you know it's, if it's not colored, it's not treated. And so not to confuse it, but the bottom line would be is that, is that the heirlooms are generally marked, the organics are generally marked, and uh, so you can go by that route, but not to say that some things that aren't marked are not organic or not heirlooms. Okay. Make sense? Okay. And then, then they started, and these, Jeff, I'm going to show you that right there. It has uh, these seeds are called So Easy, S-O-W, Easy, meaning it, Sowing the seeds of love. Sowing the, and they're easier to plant. Why are they easier to plant? Well, if you notice, Jeff, those seeds are colored, mm-hmm. which means that they've been treated. And what they treat those with is with a fertilizer, so they, the germ is much better. And it makes the seed itself a little bit bigger. You know how we talk, Jeff, sometimes? Like we, different color bell peppers. That's right. That, that, what that is. But it has nothing to do with the seed. Yeah. You yeah. can have the green ones that would be, would be a different color. The difference is, is that, and I was going to show you this, but it doesn't have a picture on it, so I can't. But anyway, the seed, uh, these seeds that are so easy are actually bigger than the seed than a natural bell pepper seed in this case. And if you go to a carrot case, you will find uh, uh, the seed in the So Easy pack bigger than a normal carrot that hasn't been encapsulated with fertilizer. And if you go to a parsley seed uh, in the So Easy, it'll be a bigger seed that has been encapsulated with fertilizer, and it's much bigger than a Natural seed of it, parsley. It's bigger even before it's uh, co- co- covered? No, it's, it's bigger after it's covered. Okay. And, and the reason is, is because they are very difficult to plant and get the spacing correct because the seed is so fine. I mean, we, we hear this all day long. I say, man, how do you space these carrot seeds? How do you space the parsley? One at a time. One at a time, which is impossible, which yeah. is impossible because the seed is so small. So they encapsulate them. So that sure I'd, I'd be doing one and then two, and then all of a sudden I just broadcast them. <laughs> and, and trust me, when, when <laughs> before you encapsulate them, you're not doing one or two, you're yeah. doing four and five. You think you're doing yeah, one, yeah. but you're not, it's that fine. And uh, and so now, th- is this is this the so easy seed for a, a, a person who has a hundred foot row of garden? No, because the seed is a little bit more expensive, uh, however, uh, for a small garden, it's a great idea. You're going to get a better germination rate, and that becomes very important if you're planting 10 feet of, mm-hmm. of carrots because, you know, if 20% don't germinate, well, man, that's, that's 20% you have to replant. And um, so, so from that standpoint, but it's just so much easier to plant from a, from a spacing standpoint. And there's also things called seed tapes, Jeff, which I don't get because they're so expensive, but it's a, it's a seed that they actually take the parsley, and they lay the, the lay, I'm going to simplify this, but they lay a tape down, and, they, and the machine puts one seed, and then six inches later puts another seed, another seed, and then they put another piece of tape on top. And so you just roll the tape out. It's a neat idea. It's mm. just, just so expensive. And then the, and then the tape uh, disintegrates. Yeah. And so this is kind of uh, another way of doing it that, to me, is much more practical. And the tape... Uh, it, uh, delays your germination a little bit. This one does not. It actually, it speeds up your germination. So the, there's the coating an, does that. Yeah. The, the coating does that. So there's an advantage to that, and uh, and and so some neat ideas. And and but 
just to, to clear it out and uh, when it comes to seeding. And seeding, if you are planning on doing any seeding, uh, you know, for certain things, now's the time to do it, such as bell peppers and eggplants and tomatoes. Now's the time to go ahead and do it. Uh, certain things, it's a little bit too early, such as cucumbers, because it'll it'll grow right now if you keep it warm. And uh, it'll germinate, and it'll be ready to plant in three weeks. Well, in three weeks, we're in the third week of February, and you put a cucumber out in February, it ain't going to make it. Um, and really? Yeah, it won't because it doesn't take a freeze to mess it up. It just takes this. Oh, just wow. okay. Yeah, just some, some north wind, and, and it's just tender, and it just kind of falls down on you. Whereas a tomato plant will tolerate this kind of weather. So so the ones that you can get out earlier, you want to start now. And, and tomatoes and bell peppers, they might take longer for them to become viable plants to put out. So you may, it may take you five weeks to get a viable plant, whereas a cucumber will probably take you two to three weeks to get a viable plant. And then, and then once it's viable, it grows like a weed. So you're going to have a plant that's getting too laggy and too stringy. And, and, and that's true with squash and cucumbers and okra. All that's way too early to plant and uh, and so you kind of want to watch that the other thing about seed and i've mentioned this before jeff and it's true you know the seed is uh you know don't try to pinch your penny when it comes to seeds uh you know the seed is is if you make the seed the limiting factor of your production uh you can you can you can make your your uh your bed the perfect soil uh, you could put the perfect amount of fertilizer, and you could time your fertilizer right. right. And if your limiting factor is that you started with a weaker uh, seed, then that doesn't matter. Whereas if, if you start with the best seed possible, meaning that you've done your research and you and you said, okay, this seed will produce well, and you start with a viable seed, meaning that a seed that, uh, 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 you know, a certified fresh seed, that won't limit your production, and therefore all the other factors won't go to waste. But you know, you know, you, you don't want to put a you know um, a five cent seed in a twenty dollar <laughs> hole. Is 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 the bottom line. Yeah. So that then you're going to end up with five cents of production. Whereas if you do it the reverse, you could actually if you start with a better seed or a better plant. Uh, and, and what I mean by better is you. you do your research. You check what the varieties do well. Uh, you know, make sure you have the the right plant for our area. If you do your research and you have that done, then then you're not limited by that. And so it it makes those those little factors make a big difference early on. And uh, and it's really not it's not really not that expensive. It's it's just that it's the it's kind of the most important beginning thing that you're going to want to deal with. You don't want to have a variety, Jeff, that does well in your neck of the woods, uh, but doesn't necessarily do well in our neck of the woods. Even though uh, you may like the taste, uh, it just may not have the production. And that's what all these, the ag departments at LSU and UL and all the other ones, many of them are doing research on and, and, and on plants that do well. And, and they make recommendations based on their research, and that's years of research, not just one, one, uh, one season. And that'll give you a, you know, a good, uh, and that's what we do. And when it comes to purchasing seeds and is we go by their recommendations. Yeah. And, and that's why the big boxes may not be the place to go because they don't always look at, uh, local. That's just 
sent nationally. Nash, that's exactly right. And that's true with everything, plants and seed. And, uh, and yes, that's very true. There you go. Anything else going on? Jeff, that's it. We Again, we're preparing. Uh, uh, as as we're talking here, we're preparing, getting ready for the season. And uh, I think in a couple of weeks we'll be ready in terms of having the basics and the hard goods and all that there. The question is going to be is what do we do? Believe it or not, Jeff, the first time in my life we got tomato plants the last day of January. Mm-hmm. So, so I did get tomatoes. But with, we're being honest with the customers. We're just saying, look, if you're going to plant them now, that's fine. But you're going to have to protect them no matter what. And so you know that's going to happen. So, you know. Can you start inside in a, a planter, in a you, you bucket can't, or something? Well, and that's kind of the hook is that, that see, the, once, once, the, once the plant comes out with its leaves, then you have to give it sun. Okay. And, and, and with vegetables, you have to give it a lot of sun. So it's really, it can be very difficult. You can say, well, I'm going to put them in the window, right? And it doesn't work. However, if you have a container and, and you, can, you have the ability, whether with a little uh, caster or, or something, have the ability to move them in and out, uh, then that would work. And so like, uh, like last night, we rolled all our little, little vegetable plants inside. And, and then today, we're going to roll them back out. So they can take the sun but we're going to bring them in tonight. So, so as long as you want to do that, you know, but if you put them in the field, it's way too early, and, and, and most of the people realize that. But we want to get a little stove. I'm trying to get spring here any way I can. And, uh, well, next week when you come, it better be spring. I'm with you, Jeff. Man. I'm with you. Anyway, remind us uh, your hours. Jeff, we're, si- we're six days, still uh, only six days a week, so we go uh, Monday through Friday, uh, 9 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to 4. Real good. At the corner of West St. Peter and Hopkins. Appreciate you coming by as always. Thank you, Jeff.